Today, answers matter more than ever before. That's why IBM is helping businesses manage customer questions with Watson Assistant. It's conversational AI designed to work for any industry. Let's put smart to work. Visit ibm.com slash Watson Assistant. And blaming Katy Perry, does that make you officially team Taylor Swift? Or did you just put down the track comparison there? I don't think there's any comparison. Baker Mayfield wins big games, wins press conferences. Just hand that young man the Heisman right now. But Baker better not act like he wouldn't be quick to call Katy Perry back. You know what I'm saying? If she's shouting him out (laughs) on game day. What's good? Welcome to the best 60 minutes of your day. Later, we check in with the head coach of the fourth-ranked Penn State Nittany Lions, James Franklin. Plus, we discuss whether a certain line is too concerned with the opinions of sheep and whether once and for all, People will quit trying to put Tom Brady out to pasture. But first, here are the stories we put into our A block of the six, which we like to call the six at six, starting with the status of number 13. Yeah, that's a big deal around these parts, that's for sure. Monday night game, all eyes are on Odell as we gear up for kickoff of Lions-Giants tonight. So let's head out to Lisa Salters for the latest. Hello, Michael. Hello, Jamel. Well, Odell Beckham seemed confident when we met with him on Saturday that he would be able to go tonight, even though he told us he's not 100 percent. But we will not have that official word until about 7 o'clock, and I'll be back on SportsCenter with that update. Last season, Beckham accounted for 26 percent of the Giants' offensive yards, the highest rate for any NFL wide receiver in 2016. And it was obvious how much they missed their star wide receiver last week in the 19-3 loss to Dallas. If Beckham does play tonight... He told us he'd likely do something he has never done before, and that's tape up his ankles for support. Until now, he said he just hasn't been a fan of taping up, but in this case, he said it just makes sense. But though we're still waiting for word on OBJ, we know for sure that Giants middle linebacker B.J. Goodson is out tonight because of a lower leg injury, and that's a blow to Big Blue because Goodson was one of the few bright spots last week. He had a league-high 18 tackles in his first NFL start. Goodson will likely be replaced by undrafted rookie Calvin Munson out of San Diego State. He played on special teams in week one, but didn't get a single defensive snap. All right, thank you, Lisa. Now, we know Matthew Stafford will suit up because that's what he does. Tonight will mark his 101st consecutive start. His first as the NFL's highest paid player went rather well. Four touchdowns, 70%, and most important, a win over Arizona. Yeah, he threw that pick six, but whatever. But if he's ever going to win over his critics, he ultimately has to win in the postseason. At the very least, he has to beat good teams. The people who would rather watch his pockets and actually watch him love to cite stats such as this. Why I'm sure you'll hear yes. this one at some point during the broadcast tonight that Stafford's 5-43 and 43 against teams that finish with a winning record. 1-23 against such teams on the road. There it is. For purposes of this matchup against the Giants tonight, as you just saw a second ago, Stafford's lines up 3-14 on the road against teams that made the playoffs the previous season. And since 2011 with Stafford under center, Detroit is 3-11 in prime time, which why tonight is a showcase game. The topic of conversation tomorrow will be about that man, Matthew Stafford, continuing to show what a premier passer he is, okay, and why he is justified in having the deep pockets. People like you, who have historically liked to trash him, won't respect the fact that he's had not, not had much of a running game or much of a defense, but he's a good player, and I'm telling you, he shows it tonight against a really good defense on the road. I know it's not the playoffs, but he's going into Eli's house, 
Mm-hmm. And he's going to show you why you ought to be quiet when it comes to the broke Jay Cutler stuff that you like to say about <laughs> I hope for your sake you're right. I know I'm right. I know what he's going to do tonight against okay. a really good defense. And people like you will try to qualify it and try to minimize it and say, so what? It's not the playoffs. Show me what happens in the postseason. We don't know that the Giants will finish with a winning record or not, right? That's what you're going to say tomorrow, mm. no matter what he does? I give credit where it's due. I'm fair. No, <laughs> I am fair. And, 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 look, I never said that all the losses – in uh, those records that you pointed out about how he's performed on the road, how uh, the Lions have performed against teams who finished with a winning record. It wasn't all on Matt Stafford. I mean, as it is, as it's never on all of any quarterback. Mm-hmm. That's just the way right. it is. I hate records. However, that being said, there is a difference between having those records and it not always be your fault, but you not necessarily being someone that can help them give up, get over that hump. Because that is what that $200 million is, is, is worth. No, actually, it's, what about, is, what it's, for. it's about time. It's about time. Exactly. exactly. Yes, I mean, There's he's a, a lot of teams that would love to have look, Matthew when you, Stafford. When you make a big paycheck, the obligations are going to be bigger. And while certainly the Lions have been a case study in organizational dysfunction, mm-hmm. again, which preceded Matt Stafford, Correct. I realize that. But in some ways... The fact that they have paid him this much money over the course of his career and have very little to show for it is indicative of, of who the Lions are. But not who he is necessarily. He just gets a bad rap. He gets looked at as a bonus baby. He was lucky to be born at a time when number one overall picks were getting those well, ridiculous signing bonuses. He was and born lucky. at a time where there's a, where there's a lack of, of quality quarterbacks, and that's all he is. Just somebody basically at the Lions are saying, if you can't be with the one you love, love the one you're with. I love Matthew Stafford if it's not clear to you. He's a, t- he's a tough quarterback, a, gr- a gritty quarterback, makes all the throws, and is better than that record would indicate. And that's what I'm saying. Like Look, th- look at the, the things he's had to overcome. The things he had to deal with, the organizational failures that you talked about. And again, it's not the postseason, but a primetime game against a quality defense. All I want to see is people give him the respect he deserves tomorrow well, to after he balls that out tonight. Though, Mike, because he should have earned it by now. They're, they're, Mike, you can't have the record that league. he has and, and automatically everybody's just supposed to buy in. Like, I'm not saying he's Tom Brady, but that makes for a lot of people. Most people aren't Brady. Most I'm people aren't Brady. Most people aren't Ben. Tom Brady, what I am saying is your, rec- your paycheck can't look like that and your record on the road and against good teams can't look like that either. Sorry. My paycheck can look like that. (laughs) That's another conversation. Uh, uh, Before we get into the Cowboys' performance on the field, here's an update on Ezekiel Elliott's legal situation. U.S. District Judge Amos Mazant denied the NFL's motion for an emergency stay of the injunction that has allowed Elliott to play as he fights for his suspension for domestic violence. Uh, The case now moves to the the fifth U.S. District Court of Appeals in New Orleans, where the NFL already has filed an appeal. Most anticipate the legal wrangling between the league and Elliott means he will almost certainly play all of this season. So there's that. Now on the field, Ezekiel Elliott, he had his worst day as a professional on a lot of fronts, <laughs> right? And nine carries for eight yards in Denver's thorough 42-17 beatdown. Also, not running back when it came to an interception. Here's Jason Garrett on that today. One of the things that we preach to our team on both sides of the ball, when there's a turnover, everybody's involved. Uh, if you're an offensive player, you become a defensive player on a fumble or an interception. And, uh, you know, Zeke is one of the most natural competitors I've ever been around. He loves to play. He loves to practice. And I think we've seen that through his first year playing. And those two players are not indicative of, of the kind of competitor that he was. And we have to get that addressed. Every time, every time I see this play, it makes me sick. It really does. Because, see, anybody can front run. Mm-hmm. Anybody can do this when you're gaining yards and that O-line is, is opening holes for you and making room for you to lead the league in rushing and get 80 yards in every professional game. Anybody can do that. It takes a real competitor, and, and, and don't tell me he's a competitor. 
Show me he's a competitor. When things aren't going well, that's just still hustling. So if I'm Jason Garrett, I'm not talking to Ezekiel Elliott today. I'm going to show him one play. We have that play, roll it. This is Benjamin Watson, then of the New England Patriots, from the year 2006, 2005 season, 2006 playoffs. See, this is, a, this is not the best angle because you don't get the full appreciation. You don't get the full appreciation. That's not the angle I needed. The angle I need, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you what it is in case you've never seen it. The angle I need to see is not that, but when Champ Bailey picked off Tom Brady, Benjamin Watson came from across the field, on the other side of the field, completely across the field, and knocked Champ Bailey out of bounds before he scored. Okay, best hustle play I've seen in a long time, if not ever, when it comes to being out of the play and never giving up on a play. That's not to say that Ezekiel Elliott could have done anything in that situation. And it wasn't a pick six anyway in that situation. But if you want to truly be the face of a, of, a, of a franchise, one of the faces of this league, you have got to do the right things when everybody's not looking because that eye in the sky never lies. Yeah, because coaches always talk about uh, how a lot of times in blowouts and in situations like Dallas that they were in, they were often look at the film to see who's trying, who mm-hmm. gave up. And it's partly why I believe it was LaDainian Tomlinson who said that Ezekiel Elliott quit on his team yesterday, which is a heavy indictment for any player and should be considered an embarrassment that people would even think that you would. All right, there is Odell Beckham Jr. warming up. Maybe he'll play in tonight's Lions-Giants game. We're still awaiting word to find out. But if it means anything to you, Adam Schefter said he looked like somebody who might be preparing to play. But I did read other reports that Ben McAdoo is out on the field and watching him very closely. But we also watched that stretch last week, though. I exactly. Mean, the and exact same and stretch. You know, Ryan, <laughs> yes, like, many a warm-up in your day. Routine, right. What did you take from that one? Yeah, yeah, that, does that look like? That looked like a guy that's just stretching. You know what I mean? <laughs> they got some, we didn't show it in fairness. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah, Lisa Salters told us earlier that uh, if he does play, he will have his ankles taped for the first time mm-hmm. in his uh, career. But regardless, I mean, we saw what the Giants offense looked like without him. Right. So even if he's not fully 100%, Ryan, do you feel like, uh, as I think you put it, Mike, a piece of Odell is better than no Odell Absolutely. Beckham Jr. At Absolutely, all. because a, a piece of Odell makes me more nervous than the whole of everybody else they have on their team. The, the what-ifs, right, the, the way you got to call defenses if, if, if you're a defensive coordinator just because he's out there. Mm-hmm. And if he's going to go, because I watched some of the stuff from last week, and he looked pretty good in warm-ups, and if he's going to go, I'm sure he's going to make sure he can be uh, successful out there, and he can contribute. Look at and that. So, and so, if he can, you're not the t- sorry to cut you off. You're not the yeah. team doctor, or and obviously they have to make the final decision. But does does that tell you anything? You know, him him sprinting that way. Or? Well, you know, he kind of he kind of moved like that last week. I think it was just some certain moves in and out of cuts, jumping up, trying to you know gather yourself when you get the ground, decelerate some things he wanted to to make sure he can do. And he'll be if he goes, that means he's going to think he can play well. That he can play well. Yeah, that he can play well. He, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's not like I'm just gonna be out here. Okay. Gotcha. Like if you know him, like dudes with blonde hair don't want to just be there. <laughs> they want their attention. You know what I'm saying? They want, they want to put. Yeah, on like, the show. like you don't feel you on that. Did anybody that was going to a salon and say, "I'm gonna get blonde hair" because I really just want to blend in? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Am I right or wrong? <laughs> There's some fairness. Hey, man. <laughs> best thing you said in a long time. And that's saying something. That's saying something. But my concern, though, Ryan, is that especially if, with a high ankle injury, you yes. know the nature of those. They yes. linger, and you're never quite right. And 
look, everybody saw that horror show that was their offense, and I was just as surprised as anybody that nobody else seemed to be able to do anything. They have an offensive line that's shaky at best. They got a great defense. For whatever reason, Eli Manning and and Brandon Marshall don't look like they're on the same page necessarily. Maybe some of that just comes with time. But when you look at their schedule, especially the next three weeks, if he doesn't play tonight, this could get out of hand for them real bad. Yeah, well, you you definitely don't want that to be the pressure that makes him play. Right. Right. You want to make sure he's able to protect himself, not only from the ankle injury, but from other injury if he's out there. And, and, And I'm sure they will be smart with him because he's the future. Right. He's the best player on that team, and it's not close. Real quick, obviously everybody's body is different. He said this was a six- to eight-week eight week injury. Have you ever heard of somebody coming back for, in four weeks from a six- to eight-week You know, um, immediately when I sat down, I thought T.O., Super Bowl, you know, which, 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 yeah, which is an injury uh, actually much like this because a lot of times they say when you get a high ankle sprain, it's better to break it mm-hmm. or have a fracture in it. You know, so you can come back. And there are some special individuals in the world. I wasn't one of them. <laughs> you know, like I, I would go out there and limp just because I was tough and stupid. You know what I mean? But there are some people who can come back and actually play well. And maybe Odell is one of those people. All right. So to recap, Adam Schefter says that looks like somebody getting ready to play. <laughs> Ryan Clark said, look at him. Right. All you got to do is look at he his head running. and know that the lights are on. So he ready to play. I want to blend in. <laughs> Some college football. Penn State up to number four in passing USC in the latest AP poll after the Nittany Lions' second shutout win of the season. That only serves to sweeten the storyline for Saturday night when Iowa and Penn State meet in their Big Ten opener. Iowa, in case you didn't know, has won each of its last three home games against top five opponents, including that last second win over third-ranked Penn State in 2008. Overall, the Hawkeyes have knocked off four AP Top 5 teams in the last 10 years. And joining us now to talk about the Big Ten opener, Penn State coach James Franklin. Now, Coach, we're going to get to that Iowa matchup in a second. But let's rewind a little bit and go back to Saturday. You were up 56 to nothing on Georgia State. You took a timeout, and to a lot of people, it looked like you were icer kicking, icing kicker Brandon Wright. It worked because he missed it. You can tell us, I thought it was boss. I hope you were trying to ice him. Keep it real. Did you try to ice him to preserve the shutout? Uh, No, actually, you know, I've been doing this for 23 years. I've never (laughs) worked a fourth. fourth, We had our fourth team in the game at the time, and we've never worked a fourth-team field goal block. So we called timeout to send our second-team field goal block on the field to block it. Um, you know, we, we play to a standard here. I don't care what the score is. I don't care what the situation is. We're going to try to block the field goal. We're not just going to, you know, give up points or give up a play. So we called the timeout to go block the field goal. There's no doubt about that. Well, see, Coach, uh, the reason why, you know, we thought you might have been icing the kicker to preserve that shutout is because last week you trolled Pitt by saying <laughs> it was just like beating Akron, which I'm sure went over well with your fans. So we figured, Jay, you were on a mission this year to make a statement. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> well, the, the people that follow us know that I say that every single week. But when you take a small section of the uh, press conference right. and put it out nationally, it has a completely different context. But you know that, that's, that's how it is. I, I live with it. The most important thing for me is to get our team ready to play and the people that follow us week in, week in and week out, listen to all my press conferences, I say that every single week. So uh, it, it is what it is, but, but I'm comfortable with what we're doing here at Penn State. You should be, 127 uh, to nothing with a couple of uh, those, those two shutouts. Anyway, uh, 
So I want to talk about a guy, speaking of getting ready to play, Saquon Barkley. 12-1 um, to 1 odds right now to win the Heisman, fifth best in the country, but the best of any non-QB. We can see how special he is on Saturday. What makes him special uh, the rest of the week behind the scenes? You know, he, he's been an awesome kid, really, kind of throughout the whole process, through the recruiting process, from the day he showed up on campus, everything we've asked him to do academically, athletically, socially, the whole package. Uh, he's done it. He's the guy that we got to drag out of the stadium after the game, sign an autograph. Uh, he's handled all this success uh, so, so well, better than any kid his age I've ever been around. Hmm. I would have never been able to handle all the all the attention he's been able to get. Um, and he's just he's just been tremendous. He's you know when your best player is your hardest working guy on your team. It kind of sends a message for the whole organization. All right, let's talk about the matchup uh, this weekend. As I mentioned, Iowa is 3-0 against top five teams at home in the last 10 seasons. So what's the most important thing you hope to drive home to your players this week about that game? Well, first of all, I, I want to thank you uh, for agreeing to wear blue during the Michigan State-Penn State game this year. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, you're not going to get me. No, That's not, not going to happen. Right? That's not going to happen. <laughs> Uh, you know, I obviously got so much respect for Iowa and Coach Ferentz and their program. Um, you know, you, you look at you know, over the last 10 games, you know, Penn State versus Iowa, you know, they, they have a winning record against us. You know, we're obviously going to their venue. It's a night game. It's a stripe out from what I understand. Last year, I remember watching a night game at their place when, when they were able to beat Michigan when Michigan was ranked pretty highly. So, you know, we know we're up for a tremendous battle. You know, they have one of the more consistent programs in the country built up front with their O-line and D-line. Uh, they got a special running back. You know, so this is going to be a real challenge. It's our first game on the road. And, um, you know, I, I know we're going to work all week long like crazy to make sure our guys are prepared to go compete. All right, we want to end this on a lighthearted note real quick. A friend of mine was actually at your game on Saturday, and he couldn't help but notice the fun environment, the fact that you're playing a lot of Meek Mill and Lil Uzi uh, during the games. Uh, you know, despite the fact that there's a lot of stakes, a lot of things at stake rather this season for your team, and you're in the thick of a national championship hunt, uh, how do you sort of maintain that sense of fun and create that kind of environment? Well, I think ultimately this is a game. And I think, you know, a lot of coaches and a lot of programs take themselves way too serious. And I, I want our guys to work hard. But I think one, one really important lesson to learn in life is, you know, if, if you can have fun while you're working hard, you're going to do the, you're going to do the work anyway. You're going to come to, you know, come to work or you're going to come to practice and you're going to have to do these, you know, these duties. So we might as well have fun while we're doing it. And then when we want to play on Saturday night, I want them to be loose. I want them to be confident. I want the stadium rocking. We had 102,000 at the game last week. We had 109,000 the week before. It's a big party. I got all my friends, all my family, 109 of my closest friends and relatives in the stadium. <laughs> and we're going to party and have a good time. All right. Always a good time talking Definitely. to you. Definitely. And Thank playlist you. suggestion. Rake it up. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Thanks, Coach. Good luck against Iowa. We appreciate you. Thanks, guys. Appreciate you. All right. Uh, FIFA man, Ohio safety, Javon Hagan. That's great. <laughs> he just snatched a towel. That's like me with pens. Don't leave your pen around me. Hey, well, is he building like a trophy case? Is that what he's doing? And by the way, that wasn't his first time doing it. He did it before it's last little year, thing. too. It's the little thing. I love it. You never know. They may drop a pass because their hands slippery. You never know. We're going to start DTM with my favorite clip from the, the weekend. Here is Teddy Atlas losing it after the Canelo Triple G fight was ruled a draw. 
There's no oversight board in boxing. There's no commission. There's no national commission. No federal guidelines. Nobody looking and saying, ah, can't do that. Ah, can't do that. The fact of the matter is, with this judge, you eliminate this person. You make sure no, Judge Bird, the again. official Bird, is not around. Again. She will be working again. I make you a bet. I love you. I make you a bet. Okay. Damn shame what this sport is doing to that man. Uh, a lot of people are like, it's just bad for boxing. It can't be good or bad for boxing when it is boxing. Right. This is the essence of boxing. Corruption, controversy. We got what we wanted. We got a great fight. A great Probably going to get a rematch. There was some, one of the judges scored a draw. Another one had it close. The outlier obviously was 118 to 110. Thankfully, that judge is going to sit the next couple of plays out, Chief. But it is what it is when it comes to this sport, right? It, it is. I mean, it's... Why is, that, why is boxing always on trial? It's, it's a stereotype of what it is, but it doesn't impact interest because I would watch this fight again. Be, they did a rematch. In part because, because of the controversy. Because of the controversy and because it was just a great fight. Mm-hmm. It lived up to all the hype. I had it for Triple G, though. How about you? Uh, I did, too. Yeah. yeah. Mike Zimmer came out today and said Sam Bradford is day-to-day with a left knee injury. Yesterday, he was even less specific and a lot more facetious. He's going to be okay, okay? Sam will be the quarterback. He's going to be okay. Next week? Maybe. Maybe the next week. Maybe six weeks from now, he's going to be okay. you got to understand your audience, <laughs> man. <laughs> Talking from a walkie-talkie. No, I mean, but, two four niner. Like, what mean, is he talking about? But you say this. Everybody's look at how your offense look without Sam Bradford. Look at how you look week one, and look at Sam Bradford's track record. So you can't just throw out there all willy-nilly. They maybe six weeks. We're gonna take it literally. Right. Thankfully, <laughs> supposed to be a bone bruise. I think is what you said. Yeah, just unfortunate timing for them. All right, a week after getting his potential game time field goal blocked in the loss to the Broncos, Chargers rookie kicker Young Ho Koo missed a 44-yard field goal with five seconds left. In a loss to the Dolphins. Uh, Anthony Lynn, though, said he's still sticking with Koo. <laughs> uh, Chargers charged. Huh? Yeah. Uh, by the way, speaking of the Chargers, uh, El Pollo Grill in San Diego, they're giving away free tacos every day after the Chargers. I lose. love this idea. I love it's it. It's great. Like, they, there's got to be some gonna kind of They're going to give away a lot of tacos. That's Taco for sure. Tuesday. I'm in for that. I mean, you know, why, why you got to be miserable all the way around? Why you can't get something for your trouble. out of their own way. Golly. So, Marshawn Lynch. Marshall Good old time. Exactly. <laughs> the Raiders were blowing out the Jets. After the game, some of the Jets said they were, you know, upset about it. Jordan Jenkins said it was infuriating and embarrassing. But he wasn't talking about, like, oh, like he was showing them up. And some at ESPN, some of our social accounts, took him out of context. So rightfully so, he took us to task. Trust me, we've been victims of that. Anyway, I'm glad he clarified it because it's one thing to be sorry, don't be soft. Like, the only reason he's dancing is because he's beating up because on you. Because they were clowning y'all. Exactly. So, you want to stop him from dancing, stop him from scoring. Exactly. And let's quote people accurately, shall we? Uh, Jags fans, they thought it would be a good idea to jump into a tub of mayo. In the heat. In the, right. That's just disgusting, right? Meanwhile, you already know who rules the tailgates. Bill's Mafia. <laughs> they say, hold my beer. Jags fans, y'all don't know about this life. So wait, I, what are the Bills fans? I see the Jags fans. What are the Bills the fans? The Bills fans, they Bills fans. Look at that. Hating tables everywhere, but this table fought back. They fought a table and the table won. I got to go with the Jags in this one, though. You go with the mail? Remember last week when the Jags were, like, on the come up? <laughs> what happened? <laughs> what happened, right? <laughs> I'm going to tell you what's on the come up. It's group celebrations. Better celebrations. Steelers or Falcons? I'm going with the rolling of the dice. That's a good one. Shake them up, shake them up, shake them up, shake them. It's good, but I'm going with the rolling of the no, dice. No, the dice was, that was They good. both went hard in the paint. That was good. 
All right, before we call it a day, tell the people had a good day. Oh, it's a good day for Sarah Kustak. She is moving from sideline reporter to Yes's primary game analyst. Only woman to work as the primary solo NBA game analyst at a regional sports network. So congratulations to her. Good day for Cleveland. Browns, one and a half point road favorite at Indy. First time the Browns have been favored since 2015. Baby progress, steps. people. Progress. Meanwhile, Colts have given all-time franchise sack leader Robert Mathis the title of pass rush consultant. And that's the first and last time we're probably going to discuss this game. <laughs> Just being honest. All right. Being honest. Undefeated in the preseason. Now your favorite. Browns. Moving up in the world. A lot of toughness, though. All right. That's it for us. More sports on this next. Enjoy Monday Night Football with Odell Beckham. We'll see you all tomorrow.